Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. One of my favorite type of women to talk to is a woman who is positive and spreading light and helping others step into their true authentic self. And that is something that Lauren Hager is doing. After two C-sections and losing over 100 pounds, Lauren went on this enlightenment journey and stepped into her true authentic self and now is helping other women doing the same. And we talk a lot about what it means to really shine your light on the world and what happens when you hide your light from the world. So I think it's so important to remember that when we're shining our light and we're living our purpose, so many other people in our life benefit from the best version of us, from our spouses, to our kids, to our friends, to the people that we come into contact every single day. And just remember that if you're hiding your light from the world, you're doing the world a disservice. And I think Lauren does a really good job of helping us remember that. So here's Lauren. I guess your story really starts in terms of empowering yourself. Does it start in between your two children where you went into your second second C-section wanting to feel empowered. Yeah. So I think like starting to take care of myself was like a, like it catapulted me into just completely changing my whole life, which sounds so like vast and vague, but it really like realizing that I could take care of me. I've always been a servant person, like, you know, and as moms and women, I feel like that's just what we're here to do. You know, we want to serve and love and give. And I'd even like in my career, I was a preschool teacher. And that was, that's a job of serving and giving. And I was constantly Mm -hmm. doing everything for everyone else. And I was okay with that. I told myself that that's what I love to do. And it did, it filled me up. But I think that was me just kind of trying avoiding that piece of like taking care of myself. Cause I knew it was going to be hard work. Like I had, I was like 65 pounds overweight after I had Dean. Um, and I knew it was going to be a lot of work to face that and take care of myself, you know, to get the weight off. But once I did that and proved to myself that I could both take care of myself and still be like a good mom and wife, it wasn't going to take away from those things. That's really when I realized that, uh, it was not only like possible, but it's totally necessary to, it made me a better version of myself in all those other places because I was, you know, taking care of myself. And it, I don't think we would have had Georgia if I hadn't lost all that weight. Cause I was so overweight And it wasn't until I lost that 60 pounds that we decided to have another baby. So, and in that, in that time I had been into fitness and it had become a huge part of my life It helped me with my anxiety. Like it was an outlet really. And so after I had my C-section, I kind of had to start over a little bit in the sense that like, you know, that second cesarean is like, you think you're like, I got this, I've already had one. And then you have it. And it's like, Oh my God, like it was harder almost because you kind of have your body back and you're feeling good. And then you have to go through it again. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so for me, it was really kind of, yeah, I would say it was in between the two and really just making sure that I took care of myself going into my second pregnancy and my second recovery and all that with the mindset of like, I'm going to take care of myself now, you know, and after obviously, um, so that I can recover better and not go through all of those postpartum you know, spouts of anxiety and depression that I had with my son. Cause I just kind of buried that stuff down with him. I was so focused on serving my new baby and you know, my husband and our home and stuff. So. 
So how did you approach your second postpartum differently than you did your first? So I made sure to just be ready in the sense that one, I was, I went into it with like, I'm going to have like grace for myself. I wasn't ever into like, I'm going to bounce back and get my body back. It was never coming from that place. It was coming from like, I'm going to make sure that I take care of myself so that I can heal. And I'm going to give myself like time and grace and, and just be okay with like the changes that are happening in my body. Cause I'd lost a big chunk of weight. And then obviously I gained some weight with Georgia and after a cesarean, your body heals so differently. You know, you're like, I think, I think I bled for like two weeks or something after. I mean, you just go through this very different wow. recovery. Yeah. And, um, and so for me, I just made sure that my fridge was like stocked with good foods. I wasn't even really so worried about the movement part. I just wanted to like heal. I wanted to nourish my body. I wanted to make sure, cause with Dean, I was just like, it was like whatever fast food and whatever was easy. Cause you're just like in survival mode as a new first mom. And, you know, and I didn't have that, that need to take care of myself. And so, um, making sure I had stuff ready for me, not being afraid to ask for help because I was so full of pride with my first, like, I got this, I don't need you guys. <laughs> but with my mm-hmm. second, it's like, okay, you have a toddler running around, you have this new baby, you know, I was trying to nurse and I just really made sure that I was like, you know, I was really humbling really, you know, and I just made sure that I had a support system around, um, at, at all times, somebody that I could ask for help. Um, and finding a community, like having other moms, uh, was really huge too, because it made me realize that I, you know, cause there's so many different beliefs when it comes to motherhood and it can be easy to get sucked into like pages and groups that have a lot of negativity and bashing and, you know, vaccinated or not vaccinated, nursing, not nursing. Like there's so, there's these big hot topics that you just don't even really want to talk about. You don't even want to go there because it feels like, well, if my, my opinion's different from theirs, then I'm going to feel like crap about myself, you know? So making sure you find mm-hmm. the right little community of moms or, or people that are like understanding and open that support you and whatever you're going through, because it can feel really, really lonely. <laughs> like I remember feeling like with my first, like I didn't have any, cause I was so young, you know, people might like my friends weren't having yeah. babies. Um, so having that community, putting myself first as much as I could as a mom of two, but like really like my, my whole thing is like self-care isn't selfish. And I think that it's really easy to get into this place of like almost feeling bad. Like, like I said, in the beginning, I felt like I had to do it all for everyone all the time. And Mm -hmm. it felt wrong to step back and like, take a minute for myself, go take a shower. Like, just tell my husband, please take this baby. I need to shower, (laughs) you know, like being okay with that. Like, it's okay. You know, Yeah. and letting go, take that pressure off myself a little bit, at least once a day, even if it's for like 10 minutes to just go, you know, in the in my office here and just like maybe cry or I don't know, breathe like something, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So how has, once you, once you decided to start showing up and taking care of yourself and really adopted this self-love mindset how did it start to change you as a mom so I think the biggest thing that shifted for me was um my patience and my well my anxiety was a huge thing that I had dealt with my whole life and I don't know I've talked to other moms that can kind of agree with this but it really amplified after I had babies and kind of gave me this sense of like oh my gosh not only am I anxious about my life but I have these like 
little humans, you know, that I'm responsible mm-hmm. for. And it really amplified for me. So taking care of myself really helped me, um, you know, tone down, like kind of like harness that anxiety. And like, obviously I still have it once in a while, but it wasn't something that felt so consuming. Like mm-hmm. I was really able to handle that in a better way. Um, and it gave me more patience and more, um, I guess gratitude just for like those little tiny moments I was able to kind of like, because I was taking care of myself, I was able to kind of like come back down to the moment and not feel so like, you know, worried about the to-do list looking ahead. Like, especially with kids, I Mm -hmm. feel like we're always so like, I don't know, worried about all these things that we have to do. And when I really started to, I mean, even with exercise and meditation and all the things that I've incorporated, like it's just helped me come back down to the moment right now. And that's so beautiful because there's so many great little moments with babies and like little ones, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so easy to get caught up in all the other things, the daily schedule and all that. But this has really helped me just kind of come back down to the moment and live in it and be in it with them. And it just feels so good when you're there, you know, and that fuels that yeah. you're, you're more patient, you're a happier mom, like, you know, they're happier. Yeah. Um, so that's been huge. Yeah, I appreciate so much that you said that because I think as moms and especially in the digital world, I think we forget that so much. We're so consumed with everything we have to do, everything that's on our phones, and we forget that there's this present moment happening right in front of us and our kids are never going to be that tiny ever again in that second. Yep. Yep. And there's so many, especially right now, I have a two-year-old. I mean, we're going through so many ups and downs. It's just so many changes and it's easy to just like, you know, my husband says, how's your day? And I'm like, Oh, well, let me tell you, you know, I just want to talk about all the, it was mm-hmm. so hard. I just want to complain, but really like, no, I'm so grateful to be with them and like watch them change and grow. And mm-hmm. I just try to put myself in their little, little minds. That's gotta be so frustrating, especially mm-hmm. Georgia who can't really talk yet. She's starting to, but yeah. So yeah, it's definitely helped. How has your journey from self-love evolved over the years and now you're really sharing it with others and helping motivate other women and other mothers? So how did you get to this place where you really can just share everything, be transparent and just truly love every aspect of yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. It wasn't very easy for me at first. I felt um, a little bit of a need to like I felt like I had to have all my ducks in a row before I could share with others or before I could lead in a way that mm-hmm. felt like I was bringing them with me. It's like, what do I know? I don't, I'm still not a hundred percent sure of myself. So why would I, you know, put it out there that I'm working on it. But what I found is like other moms just want to see that other moms don't have it together either. You know, like we're all struggling mm-hmm. sometimes we all, mm-hmm. you know, and the messages that I get about, I'm really huge on just sharing like my, like my postpartum belly, just from losing a bunch of weight. And then also having a couple babies and whatever, like, I don't, I have a lot of loose skin and stretch marks and I don't ever hide it. I mean, I'm not like weird about not showing it. And I get, I think other moms just appreciate the authenticity. And the more that I realized that, and the more that I heard that from people that followed me or whatever, like it just really secured that for me that like, I need to keep, there needs to be more of that. Like, I feel like that culture on it's, I think it's getting better even in the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. um, that we just have to be authentic and show up and share the good stuff, but also share the struggles because it's, 
it helps other moms realize that, that, you know, they're not alone. I think about when I had a new, when I was a new mom, that was the kind of stuff I was seeking out when I was scrolling and, um, it just really, really helps. And for me in the beginning, when I was sharing, it was kind of for me too. Like I wanted to put it out there. It was therapeutic for me to blog about my postpartum feelings or the way my body was feeling that day or whatever. And that community and connection, um, is really huge. Like that's been a huge outlet for me and for other women too. So I think that, um, it's important to remember that even somebody like me who feels confident in her body and has figured that out, like I haven't always felt that way. And I kind of just had to like, not fake it till I make it, but I really was putting myself out there before I really felt sure, but I knew it was my message and I knew it was something that I really needed to, I needed to share. And all the women that I've met along the way that have you know, I've come in contact with that have been inspired or whatever by what I've shared is just kind of confirmed that for me, that that's something that I need to keep showing up for. And it's been really awesome. Really. I I really just enjoy being authentic and not acting like everything's perfect all the time. Cause it's not, we're all, we're all a little bit of a hot mess. It's okay. (laughs) Oh Yeah. yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Going off what you said about you knew that it was your message. Did you ever think before you had kids that you were going to be this inspiration and this voice for mamas out there? I always knew that I wanted to help and teach. Like all of my jobs and callings have been servant roles. I was, I went to school for early childhood education because I wanted to do pre-K. I taught pre-K for like four years and then when my son got to be that age, I switched to at-risk youth and I was working with teens that were like homeless and, you know, serving them and whatever. And then, um, I, when I got pregnant, I got switched into an admin assistant position. So I was an assistant to, a you know, within a high school. So I've always had these, uh, jobs where I'm like serving and helping others, but they were all a little bit confined and, um, weren't quite enough. I also have this really creative and passionate side that that was kind of reining that in a little bit, I wasn't able to fully come in because it wasn't my, you know, I wasn't my own boss. I had these rules and confinements, which was fine at the time. But as my blog grew and my page grew and stuff, I just really realized like, that's where my heart is. Like I want to speak and serve and, um, communicate, which is something I've always been good at and tended to do is communicate strongly with others and stuff like that. And so, I don't know that I've always envisioned this specific thing, but over time, as it's evolved, it's just felt more and more right, you know, and I can feel that happening even still, even four years in, like, it's just continuing, I'm continuing to become more and more myself as I grow this. And it's, it's totally my path, you know, and it's funny how that doesn't always, you don't realize it until you're like halfway through and you're like, this is happening. It feels amazing, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. So what does it feel like finally stepping into your truth? Oh, it feels so good. It feels so grounding and just, I feel so centered. Um, And the more I step into it, the less I'm worried about what other people are going to think. I think that's why I kind of tiptoed around it for so long because putting yourself out here in this bold of a way is like, especially, and not even people that I don't know more. So just people that I do know. Right. And it's like, yep. you worry, oh, yeah. Yeah, you worry about your old coworkers. You know, I quit my job and not that it matters what anyone thinks ever. Cause that's a reflection of themselves. That's not a reflection of you, but it's still, mm-hmm. no matter how enlightened and centered you are, like that can still get to you. You can still think about it. Yep. And, um, 
the more I stepped into it, the better it felt for myself. The less that even, I mean, it's just not even on my radar anymore, you know? And it's amazing how I don't know that I would feel that way unless I just started doing and implementing and like, you know, you just kind of have that whole, like just jump thing. Like you just kind of have to start doing and Mm -hmm. it just feel, it feels so good. It feels so right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's extremely relatable what you said in the beginning that it almost felt like the imposter syndrome. Like, why me? Why am I doing this? But you knew that you had the calling and just went for it. And I think so many of us out there feel that way and just taking that messy action and jumping in and doing it. And you kind of learn as you go and truly become that person you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That inspired action piece is so huge. Like those little inspired like nudges. You just have to just kind of like act on them. You know, what's the first thing you can do to like, see if this is something, you know, you just kind of have to Mm -hmm. do It's So easy to get in planning mode and then we plan and plan. And then there's this like little sheen, like curtain of fear. And it's like, okay, I can kind of see that over there, but this like something holds you back. Right. And you just have to just go, you know? And if I always just tell, like, there's a few things I've tried that I haven't worked out that great. I've failed at them, but it's always led me to something else, you know? What's one thing that you failed at? Oh my gosh. And I wouldn't call it a failure. That wasn't right for uh, you. <laughs> doing like trying to get myself it. Like I tried to do YouTube, like not, I didn't fully go into YouTube, but I tried to do videos cause I really loved lives. I have a Facebook page that's used to be kind of my baby. I'm kind of over on Instagram now, but I was doing lives and I was like, how could I get my, how could I get these videos out in a bigger way, you know, kind of branching out of social media and doing something else. And I tried to do YouTube, but it just was too, it wasn't my thing. Um, there was something there where I just couldn't, I don't know. It wasn't my thing. Maybe the editing or the, I don't know. I wanted to be creative and just like press post and with live, I could do that. But with YouTube, it was like all of this other stuff, you know? And so that just didn't work for me, but I have, um, I just started a, like on a whim, started a podcast on anchor and that's fun because I can record and I can just post it, you know, cause that's just how, Mm -hmm. that's just how I am. Um, so, but putting myself out there on YouTube and kind of like even just the researching on YouTube and and trying to find the different, you know, ways that that works best and stuff taught me Mm -hmm. things about, you know, other networking and social stuff. So it's all relative. You just have to kind of give yourself the confidence to to try. Mm -hmm. And you're gaining more skills along the way, even if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So what has it been like? How have you felt? How have you grown empowering others? how have I grown empowering others? I feel like it has made me learn. I mean, I'm learning about myself. (laughs) So, I mean, so much as I, as I grow and, um, share my life with other women, it's making me, I'll like share something and then I'll go, Oh my gosh. And I'm, I know I'm supposed, I'm like technically teaching them or, you know, trying to, empower them and inspire them. But I'm really like sitting here just learning so much about myself every day, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that it's given me this sense of like belief and confidence in myself that like you are like what you are going through is legit and you are like, you are capable of doing these things. You don't have to be some 
fancy, you know, blogger with 50,000 followers. I mean, that'd be amazing, like goals, but like, you don't have to be there to, to put your message out there. And confidence and belief has been something I've struggled with my whole life. I was bullied pretty badly in like junior high and never really had, you know, just kind of had that rough span of whatever, five or six years, junior high and high school. And, um, I feel like that shapes you so much, especially as a young woman, those years are like, Oh my gosh, those are huge. And I had, so I kind of just like withdrew a little bit and hid my light, um, and didn't really let it out fully. And then as I found this Avenue, as I started to get more confidence and like, you know, lost my weight and just became felt more and more like myself. Like I said, I think it's really just given me that belief and that security that I can share and I can be myself and be successful and feel good and also help other women. Um, and it just feels really freaking good. (laughs) Really. I mean, it just, it feels so good to be in your purpose and be at a place where you can just do what you want to do and not worry about what other people might be saying. People are going to say things anyway, no matter what you do who you are. Yeah. You know, I've, I've goosebumps from you saying that because I have a very similar journey where I was bullied in high school too. And it was in the very early stages of social media. And I think I realized later in life that that was one of the reasons why I was just so scared to put myself out there because it was one of those self-limiting beliefs that you just get so scarred at an early mm-hmm. age and you don't even realize till 10, 11, 12 years later that this is why, sure. but did you have a similar experience? You said, I like how you said that you hid your light. Yeah. And I think that's just so important because we all just have this light and I, I almost just imagined it radiating out of you. Absolutely. And just once you step into your truth and w- what was that turning point like for you when you realized that you just really had this light inside of you that had to burst out? Because I just love that image. Thank you. So I don't know if you know who Rebecca Campbell is, but she wrote the book light is the new black. And it is the book that fell into my lap and started my whole journey with enlightenment and everything. I mean, it literally was like placed in my life. And it's basically just about how to find your soul calling and how to work your light and let it loose, you know, and just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I love that imagery, like you said, and that's kind of how I started using that. Like, don't dim your light, let it, let it come out and shine. And I think for me, when I, I had this other piece of like, okay, I'm starting this business, I'm losing weight I'm helping other women, but I wasn't a hundred percent authentically myself until I think I was about six months postpartum with Georgia and I had kind of started, um, I mean, I had always meditated and stuff, but I, I really felt this missing piece and it was my spiritual journey. It was my awakening. Like it was kind of happening, but it wasn't fully there yet. And this book completely just exploded all of it for me. And, um, that was when I really started to come into who I was and just kind of affirmed everything that you are on the right path. But like, I still had some internal work to do, you know, and I think that's important Mm -hmm. for everyone to remember that, like, if you want to be successful and you want to be happy and fulfill, even just like with losing weight, I tell my girls in my boot camps, you can, you know, you can do all the workouts and eat healthy, but if you're not doing work on the inside, then this isn't sustainable. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, this isn't ever going to grow and get better. And so I think that's what really did it for me was that book, by the way, anyone listening hasn't read it, go buy it right now. It's incredible. It changed my life. Um, but it was, it was probably after that book really starting to implement that going inward 
it being more intentional with my thoughts and my words and my meditating and things like that. Um, it just sh- continued to shift my mindset, you know, and the way I viewed myself and my life and, you know, as you, like that can change everything. So did you, with the thoughts and change your mindset, do you feel like that also helped on your weight loss journey? Yes. In terms of your, your self-love thoughts. Can you tell me a little bit? About yeah, for that? sure. So I have always been really huge on like wanting, being realistic and, and focusing on losing weight and tracking my results and stuff like that, but not placing my happiness on my weight or my size or my goal or whatever. Like it's more so just been about like feeling good, like loving my body enough to take care of it and always coming from a place Mm -hmm. of love. Like I want to work out today because I want to feel good, not because I'm punishing myself for the drinks I had last night with my girlfriends. Like I'm, I'm making sure that it's coming from a place of, of love. And, um, in the fitness and weight loss, you know, industry and social media environment, sometimes I can feel like there's so much placement on that result and whoever loses the most weight and whoever, you know, whatever those before and afters, Mm -hmm. which I proudly share my before and afters, but I always make sure my message comes from a place of like, we're doing this because like we love ourselves because we respect our bodies and like, we deserve to feel good. And yes, the weight loss feels amazing and it's okay to feel confident and sexy and good in your skin, especially as a mom, like, we need to feel good physically. And, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, shifting my mindset to a place of like, you, you look incredible even in between, you know, you look incredible because you are f- like taking care of your body and showing up for yourself. And that gives you that self-love that, like, that confidence. Um, even if you're not at your goal, whatever that is, you know, that's fine, but you're still showing up for yourself and that should be celebrated and that feels good, you know? And so I think really learning to look at myself in the mirror all throughout the journey in between all the pregnancies and the weight loss and ups and downs, my body's been through a lot the last few years, but learning to love it every single step. I think that's probably like my biggest message to the girls that I work with. Like, this is not about when you get to a size four, this is about every month in between that, where you are changing and growing and progressing and, you know, just taking care of yourself, learning to take care of yourself. Cause it's not easy to do if you're not used to doing it. Um, you know, it takes some time to learn and that's a hundred percent has to, that starts with your mindset. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's huge. Do you implement, do you implement any, uh, positive affirmations or visualizations? Yes. Yeah, so I have a pretty, um, pretty awesome morning routine that I've, I've figured out over time, it wasn't something that I really, it kind of slowly progressed, but I do always start my day with meditation. I have affirmations based on what I'm dealing with. And I try to, um, give that to the girls in my boot camp too. like list three things that you really want to embody today. Like I am confident. I am healthy. You know, I am powerful or I am beautiful or whatever things that you feel like Maybe you haven't completely harnessed yet, but that's why we're going to tell ourselves that we are those things. You know, those are the things that we need to be focusing on. And, um, it's definitely made a huge, huge difference. And starting my day with those things, having that be the first thing that I consume, um, before I check my phone, before I'm scrolling or anything, that time is so sacred because that's going to, that's going to be my thought process the entire day, whether I realize it or not. And when I've missed my morning routine and it starts with my babies and, you know, stress or whatever, something else that doesn't just let me go inward, my whole day can just totally be thrown off. So that's definitely an important part of my routine as well. 
Do you also meditate in the morning? Yes. First thing. Well, after I've had a little caffeine, but yeah. (laughs) Coffee (laughs) first. always. Yeah. But yes, I do. I I, totally get that. I have these, I've read these books, meditate while you're still laying in bed. It's like, girl, I will not get up again. I'll fall back asleep. (laughs) Got to get up downstairs. (laughs) I had my little, like I start my coffee and I sit down and I do, I do gratitude journaling, meditating, affirmations, all the things. first thing because that's the only time I have to myself where I can really focus on it you know without without kids Mm -hmm. yeah I love that so tell me a little bit about your meditation because one thing I'm trying to break down the stigma on this podcast of meditation Uh is that it doesn't have to be this you're sitting cross-legged with your brain totally yeah empty of thoughts for an hour so yeah yeah. Does um, it ever? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I have to be really deep in meditation to actually have my brain shut off all the way. Um, no, my morning meditation is a little more structured just because it's the only time that I have it, but I do just guided meditations. The On a busy morning, it's literally four minutes long and it's a gratitude meditation. She pretty much just takes you down for 30 seconds, quiets your mind, stills your body. And then you think about, she's like, she just says, I want you to think about all the things that you're grateful for in your life. Like, I want you to picture the people. I want you to, you know, see those situations and feel those feelings. And it's literally like 90 seconds of that. And then she brings you back up. So it's four minutes total. And you're just focusing on the things you're grateful for, which anybody can do. We can all find things we're grateful for. Even if you have, mm-hmm. you know, a really crappy day or what you think to be a really crappy life, we can all find something. And when you focus on that, it, it's amazing how much happier you feel. And it just kind of pulls things into perspective. But no, I'm not like sitting there for 45 minutes, you know, having <laughs> crazy realizations. And you know, sometimes I have amazing meditations like that, but sometimes it's just quieting my yeah. mind. What do I want to focus on today? What's important to me right now? You know, and not, and just having quieting your mind. And over time, you're not going to see an instant. It's just like with anything with fitness or healthy eating, you're not going to see an instant like gratification. You might feel good after, but you have to do it continuously to really start to see and feel that change. You know, how long when you started implementing, when you started implementing these things, did you start noticing the change within yourself? Definitely within the first probably week to 10 days. Like I, but I was very, very consistent and rigid about my schedule. Like I, I've always made it a no matter what, you know, I mean, sometimes on weekends it happens, you know, not first thing, but having at least a little bit, 10 or 15 minutes in the morning, literally you guys, that's all it takes just to yourself before you start serving everyone else. Um, that's made a huge, huge impact just in my mood for one thing, like before my kids get up and it's go, 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 you know, um, and my patience with them and all those things, but also, uh, the things that my belief and my focus on my business and, um, all of that stuff. It's just, yeah, I mean, I would say do it for seven days in a row and see if you notice a difference, like a five, not even a five minute, do a four minute meditation in the morning for seven days in a row and see how you feel. I promise you'll feel something. You'll feel more calm or more focused or just more at ease for sure. I think that was the perfect meditation PSA. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. It's changed my life. And I used to feel like, and I was kind as I started my journey to enlightenment, all this stuff, I, I had meditated, but I wasn't really meditating. I kind of had this thing in the back of my head, like, this is stupid. This isn't going to do anything. I can't quiet my mind. What am I supposed to think about? But really having a, for one, doing a guided one is been huge. If you're just starting out, do guided ones. They kind of just 
teach you how to come down and, and quiet your brain and your mind and teach you how to breathe. We don't necessarily know how to do those things, you know? Um, so that, that's been huge for me too, not just sitting there with nice music on. Cause then I'll just, who knows where my mind will go <laughs> at that point. So having yeah. some kind of structure has been good for me too. I like that you call it your path to enlightenment. And I always like asking this question and diving into this topic. Mm -hmm. When you were on this enlightenment journey, did, how did, how was it received by other people in your life? That's a great question. I kept it to myself for a while. And I think once I started kind of uh, this, Rebecca says this in her book, coming out of the spiritual closet, like you kind of start to like you know, mm-hmm. let and my husband always knows what's going on. And I'd like go buy crystals or whatever. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'd kind of like try and show him and talk to him about these things. Um, but for me, I kind of tried to come from a p- place of, um, like not that it's, because uh, I think sometimes it gets compared to like religion or like, you know, like people think that if they're Christian and they can't do whatever, whatever, it's kind of like this separate thing over here. And so I never really tried to be really in people's faces about it because of the sensitivity about it. But what I realized is that even on like social media, these quotes that people are sharing about affirmations and all of these things, like they don't realize that it's, it's all one, you know, like we all have different beliefs and there's different ways we were raised and stuff, but it's all, it's all one thing. Like we are all one thing. Right. And I think that the more that I could find Mm -hmm. ways to relate to the people that didn't necessarily believe in what I believed, but, um, ways that I could share it, that they could relate to it, not just like throwing like crystals and sage in their, you know, like they're not going to understand that maybe, but they can do, you know, I mean, talking about my meditation and, um, stuff like that in ways that, brought curiosity for them that they could maybe relate to and grasp onto. Because I know when I first was kind of interested in it, but didn't really know where to start, I was interested in that stuff. Like I was intrigued, I guess, but I didn't, I wasn't going to fully like grasp onto it. Cause I just didn't really know, you know, like how to do that or whatever. Um, luckily my parents are super, my mom, I grew up with my mom doing similar things. So it was kind of always around me, but I hadn't really embodied it myself. So people around me were accepting. I think it was when I started showing up on social media that way, that was a big step for me because, you know, you're afraid of judgment, your fear of, well, what if these followers that mm-hmm. want to do business with me don't want to do business with me? Cause now they think I'm, I don't know, like, you know, you just have these thoughts that are like, it makes you a little bit different than you were before in this presence that people knew you as, cause I wasn't always showing up that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. but it's been nothing but good because like I said, it's made me better. And I get messages all the time. Like you just seem so happy and you're like glowing from within. Like you can just tell you're happier. And it's like, gosh, I really am. I am happier. And that's making me a better yeah. person for everyone else, you know? Yeah. And it's amazing and just wonderful that that can be recognized just from photos too, yes. because I feel like also all too often that we're all sharing a fake happy right on social media and for it to for be sure. authentic is just few and far between sometimes I feel like it is it's amazing it's I have a few people I follow like that too it's just magnetic you know you're like gosh they their energy is just so good it's because they're centered mm-hmm. in themselves and they're taking care of themselves and they're being true to who they are and that is just the number one thing that it's just so important that we do that and it's it's hard to do in this day and age with all of 
the, the comparison and like, you know, we have all these other people's lives at our fingertips and it's easy to just start comparing, especially mm-hmm. as a mom, you know, I'm like, gosh, am I doing, did she really like make that snack from scratch? And it looks so yeah. cute. And like, I just went and bought cheese. It's, you know, and, like it's, it's easy to like, maybe I should be doing more. It's easy to always feel like you should be doing more, yeah. but you, you have to know that you're mm-hmm. doing the best you can every single day. And if you're showing up from a place of like love and, um, truth to you and your family and your babies like that's all that you can do you know as a mom and I think Mm -hmm. we just have to remember that we're all doing the best we can every day you know yeah how do you do you implement any mindfulness or meditation practices with your kids Yes. So my son is six and a half, so he'll be seven in December. And we meditate at night. He does a three minute gratitude kids meditation. And it's really just it, very preschool terms. Like what made you happy today? Who, who loves you? Who do you love? Picture yourself hugging them. How does that make you feel like really just kind of getting them out of their head and into their body for a minute and feeling feeling the joy, you know, and the happiness of their day and focusing on things that went right. Um, and on days that we don't get to do meditation, cause it's not always, cause life is crazy, but I will just say like at dinner, like what was three good things that happened today? Because, uh, my son that I've noticed was kind of getting into this negative, not, not necessarily complaining, but just like, Oh, like we were going to do this at recess today and then we didn't get to do it. And it was, you know, it was just a lot of like focus on the negative. And so I, I've really been trying to mm-hmm. teach him to like, well, what went right today? What was, what was three fun things that you did? And because it, he knows the concept of gratitude, but I don't necessarily use that word with him. I just, I try to make it at his level and make it just fun and like a normal conversation mm-hmm. so that he doesn't feel like I'm like grilling him, but focusing on what went well, what was three fun things, you know, um, that's been huge, but yeah, with his behavior and just his wild boy, six-year-old self meditation has been a lifesaver for sure. What kind of changes have you noticed? Well, for him, for him, it's definitely been helping his mindset and what he talks about, like our conversations around school. Cause that's just his world right now. I mean, he's in school what, eight hours a day or something. He's in kindergarten this right. year. So this is a new transition for us. And so when he comes home, instead of like were you good today? What color did you color today? You know, they have like the color chart or whatever, like grilling him about his behavior. I try to ask him about what he saw and what happened around him. And I think it's just kind of shifting our conversation and giving us something different to talk about. And I think it's helped his behavior a ton because he had a hard time at first transitioning into that social setting. He's a talker. He wants to just like communicate, talk all the time. And he's, you know, talking too much. And so there was a lot, he'd come home and there was a lot of negativity around his day because we, he was struggling and the teacher was communicating that to me. And it's like, I, I want to hear what he's, you know, I want to help him improve, but let's also focus on like good things so that that's what he's seeing. And that's, what's going to be like amplifying for him. You know, that's what he's going to see more of is the good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. especially with school. Cause I have a lot of memories of school where it was not so great. And I don't ever want my kids to have that feeling, you know, in the social yeah. setting anyway. So it's definitely helped with his behavior and it's helped calm his mind at night, bedtime, you know, just coming down from that crazy day and really just chilling out and going to sleep calmly and happily, no fighting bedtime, all of that, you know, that stuff that happens at night. Um, Mm -hmm. it's helped a lot with that too. And what has mindfulness and your enlightenment journey, your self love journey done for your family as a whole? It has, well, for one, it's given them, 
a much better, happier, healthier, like mom and wife. Like just the fact that I feel like having, because I'm home with my kids and my husband's out of the home a lot. He's a, um, he's a carpenter. So he's gone like 12 hours a day. He's works a lot. And, um, so I'm kind of the main caretaker of my babies. And when I wasn't taking care of myself, the whole energy in the home was off because I was stressed and I was whatever A, B and C, you know, like we, we kind of don't realize how much impact we have on that, that feeling, you know, within the home even if it's just our day, like it's not, mm-hmm. not bothering anyone else, but it does. It totally does. Especially with kids, they just absorb all of that, you know? And so I think it's made yeah. every, yep. everyone just feel happier and more centered. And like, we can all communicate better. You know, it's just brought down that level of, of stress, even on the busiest of days, I'm able to just go like, so what? Like, it's okay. You know, toddlers throwing mm-hmm. a tantrum, six-year-olds, like, I don't know, climbing walls, but it's okay. Like, so what? It's really just kind of like brought <laughs> down that, that stress or that need for constant, like doing and progressing, you know, like the to-do lists mm-hmm. are always there. But like I said, in the beginning, like being present and enjoying those little moments, um, has made everyone happier. Cause I'm on the floor playing with my kids instead of stressing about whatever, all the other things that I probably have to do (laughs) always. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I always love to end this podcast with some words of encouragement or enlightenment. So do you have some words of wisdom for our listeners? I do. So I just, if I leave you with anything, it's going to be remember that self-care is not selfish and taking a little bit of time for yourself every day, no matter how impossible it feels, no matter how much like maybe lack of support you feel like you have for that carve out a little bit of time for yourself every single day and do what makes you feel good. Do things that make you feel good, regardless of what other people you think other people might say or whatever, like you just have to stay true to yourself and take that little bit of time each day, do something that makes you feel good. It doesn't have to be meditation. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe it's just like go for a walk or read a chapter of your book, but or have a hot cup of coffee just in silence. That's like gold, but just do something that, that makes you feel good for yourself every single day so that you can keep your cup full. So it's time to start pouring. You have enough in there and you can pour and be, be that, that good for everybody else. I think that is so, so huge. And it it feels small, 10, 15 minutes, but I promise it can make huge changes in your life. Thank you for listening to Enlightenedhood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm.